Okay, so we're going to start from the Mishnah and Daf Lamid Amid Aleph. There are four, one, two, three, four, there are four Mishnayis on this Amid, all dealing with similar situations and building on each other. First one is very easy, and that is, You have three brothers, two of them are married to two sisters, one of them is single, I'm sorry, and, okay, one of them is married to another person. One of the husbands of the sisters pass away. So you have Reuben and Shimon. They're married to two sisters. Reuben dies. So obviously she cannot do Yibam to Shimon because they'd be sisters. So Levi, who has a wife who's unrelated, does Yibam. So now Reuben's widow who's Shimon's wife's sister, goes to Levi. So now Levi has two wives. He's got a random woman, and he's got one of the sisters. Umes. And then uh, Levi dies. So now basically two women are falling to Reuven. One's his wife's sister's sister, and one's a tsar. This is a classic case. Harishoni Yotza The first wife is exempt because she's the wife's sister. Ushnia Mishum Tsarasa, and the second is a co-wife. This is so far first Mishnah, first Mishnah nothing new. Asaba Maimer, let's say instead of Levi doing Yibam on one of the sisters, right? When he does Yibam to one of the sisters, Levi has two wives. He's got his wife and he's got one of the sisters. But let's say instead of doing that, he did Maimer. So he has his wife and he did Maimer on one of the sisters. So then the halacha is, Umeis Nachris Chaylezes Vloimis So then when, when he dies, his Actual wife does chalitza. She doesn't, if, listen, if he had married one of the sisters, then she would be a co-wife. But he did maimer. And as we said yesterday, maimer is enough to make a connection, but not really make a connection. So it's enough that his wife just does chalitza. She has to do chalitza because she wasn't really the co-wife of Anerva, but she can't do yibam because she was kind of the co-wife of Anerva. Okay, that, that's what we had. Fine. Pretty posh What's the Chiddush of the Gemara, of the Mishnah? Says the Gemara, Let's say he didn't do Maimer. Right? So you have Reuben, Shimon, and Levi. Reuben and Shimon are married to two sisters. Reuben dies. His wife now falls to Levi, because he, he, his wife can't do Yibam to Shimon, because Shimon's married to her sister. She falls now to Levi. So we said, if Levi marries her, then the co-wife is exempt from Yibam or Chalitza if Levi dies. If Levi did Maimer, then the co-wife does Chalitza. Let's say Levi did nothing, and then Levi dies. So is there any connection between Levi's wife and this woman? The answer is Zika. Well, Zika is the only connection, right? Because think about when Reuven dies, Reuven's widow cannot do Yibam with Shimon because they're sisters. So she has a Zika to Levi. So we discussed in the Mishnah, Maimer, da, uh, Yibam, Marriage. What about Zika? So the Gemara says, Time Maimer. The implication of the Mishnah is that Levi's co-wife is related to Reuven's widow because of Maimer, because of Yibam. Maimer. But had she not done anything, no Maimer, no Yibam, all she had is Zika. So when Reuven dies, there's Zika connecting Reuven's widow to Levi. We would say that that's nothing. Zika is nothing. And Levi's, Levi's wife can do Yibam because the fact that she has Zika to Reuven's widow is, is meaningless. So, you see that Zika is not enough. 
Okay, so our Mishnah follows the opinion that Zika is not significant. This will come back in a few Mishnayas. So you have to remember this. So that this Mishnah, because it specifically speaks out a case where Levi did Mimer, implication being had Levi not done Mimer and just had Zika, it would be meaningless. That tells you Zika is meaningless. Okay, that's the first Mishnah. The second Mishnah is literally the exact same case, except instead of one of the sisters traveling her husband dying and she marrying Levi. It's Levi. Levi dies and one of the sisters takes in the co-wife. It's literally the exact same thing, just instead of one direction, it goes backwards. You'll see. The Mishnah says, Mishnah number two. Shloy Shachim, you have three brothers. Shnai Mishnah three brothers. Reuben, Shimon, Levi. Reuben and Shimon are married to two sisters. And Levi is married to a random woman. Now instead of one of the sisters' husbands dying, Levi dies. So the rando lady, the random woman, goes, does Yibam with, let's say, Ruvain. So now Ruvain is married to a sister and to Levi's widow. And then Ruvain dies, so what's the status of his wives? It's li- literally the exact same thing. So one, so, so then, okay, so Ruvain, so Levi dies, so Levi's widow gets Yibam with Ruvain, so Ruvain now has two wives. He's got Levi's widow and he's got one of the sisters. Then Ruvain dies. So what happens to his wives? So Reuven's wife can't do Yivam with Shimon because that's his wife's sister. And the other one is a Tzara. It, it's literally the exact same case. It's just instead of the sister traveling, it's Levi's widow traveling. But it's literally the exact same case. And the Mishnah says, It's literally the exact same case. It's just instead of um, instead of the wife's sister, one of the sisters doing Yibam and becoming the co-wife, it's one of Le- it's Levi's widow going and becoming the co-wife of one of the sisters. It's literally the exact same thing. And if anything, not only is it literally the same thing as the first Mishnah, it's even more Pushin. Who would exempt more when you have the main wife being the sister and the co-wife is a random woman, or when the main wife is the random woman and the co-wife is the sister? You'd say the main wife, being the sister, is even more poshit that it should be exempt. That's the second Mishnah. The second Mishnah is that the sister didn't travel. It's the random woman traveled. It's literally the exact same thing. It's just, you know, at the end of the day, the situation is, when a husband dies, two women fall, one is the wife's sister, and one is a rando. That, that's that, that's the, the same thing in all the cases. Just the Chiddush of this case is that the sister that fell is that in this case, the main wife is the sister. In the first Mishnah, the main wife is the random woman. So it's even more, not only is it a repetition, it's even more poshit of a repetition. Right? If you think about it. Yeah, no, but forget about the mimer. The main point is the first part, which is, a, a man is married to two women. One's a sister of of uh, one's uh, one's one's one of the sisters, and one's a random woman. He dies, so two women fall to to Shimon. One of them is Shimon's wife's sister, and one of them is a random woman. Shimon's wife's sister is Potter because Achosisha. The other one is a Tzara. It's literally the exact same thing as the first Mishnah. The only difference is over here the main wife is the sister. In the first Mishnah, the main wife was a random woman, and the co-wife was a sister. So it's even more posh. So the Gemara says, "Hasulamli haynuach and hashtu mahasam da'choisish avet zar lenachos." Amar nachos asura halchan nachos avet zar la'choisish like kolshikin. And over here, it's even worse because it's even more poshut in this case because the main wife was the sister. So of course, she's going to exempt the co-wife. 
So why is the Mishnah repeating itself? And it's, it's more Poshit. So the Gemara says, Tana hachtana b'reisha, v'achazi l'teira v'sharia v'hadachazi l'isura, aydechaviva le'akdama, u'mishna lo'izazim enkayma. You know what the answer is? These two Mishnayis were actually written in reverse order. That originally this Mishnah was first, and it was more Poshit, leading up to the second Mishnah, which was more of a Chiddush. But because the Rebbe Yudanasi, when he authored Mishnayis, he liked the Chiddush first, so he put that one first. So this second Mishnah, which is a repetition and completely Poshit, was originally first, and it was sort of like building itself, but then Rebbe's like, I like that, and that Mishnah is more of a Chiddush, we'll put that first. But, so he kept it. So you, the answer is, this Mishnah is Taka Pashit, it's Taka not a Chiddush, and it's even more Pashit than the first Mishnah, but it wasn't originally, it was originally first, so it was like a building block. Okay. Okay, that, up to Mishnah number Gimel. Mission number three. Mission number four is the hard one. Mission number three doesn't scare me as much, but let's go through the cases slowly. Shloisha Achin. I want to see if the Mishnah has it yet. Shloisha Achin, you have three brothers. Here. Shloisha Achin, Shnai Memesushte Achoyas. You have three brothers, two are married to two sisters. And one is married to a random person. Meis Achod Mebali Achoyas. One of the Husbands of the sisters dies. So let's say you have Reuven, Shimon, and Levi. Reuven and Shimon are married to two sisters. Reuven dies. Okay, Reuven dies. Then the Mishnah says, Okay, so here's the deal. It's actually important. You have Reuven, Shimon, and Levi. Reuven and Shimon are married to two sisters. Reuven dies. Who can do Yibam? So this is one of the sisters. So Shimon is out. Shimon looks at this woman and is like, I can't do Yibam. Sorry. You're my wife's sister. So Shimon's out. She then goes to Levi. Okay? But here's the point. The point of the Mishnah, what happens later if Shimon's wife dies? So technically at that point, she's actually eligible. He would be actually be eligible to her. What if then Shimon's wife dies, then Levi dies? Can he do Yibam on her? I mean, right now, right now, she's not your wife's sister anymore because the wife died. But when the first time she fell, you see, she fell to Yibam twice. The first time she fell to Yibam, Shimon was out. So you have Reuben and Shimon are married to two sisters. Reuben dies. Reuben's widow goes to Shimon and is like, can I do Yibam? And Shimon's like, no, we're, you're my wife's sister. I'm out. Then she goes to Levi. Then Shimon's wife dies. So the question is, then Levi dies. So the question is, can he do Yibam now? Right now, eligible. But the first time she fell to Yibam, ineligible. So the question is, do you go by right now or do you go by the way it was? That's the point of the mission. Let me read it again with the diagram. Correct, that's this mission. Yeah, yeah. That was actually referencing this mission. The mission says like this you have three brothers, Reuben Shimon Alevi, two of them are married, Reuben Shimon married to two sisters. Levi is related to an unrelated woman. Reuben dies. So Reuven's wife cannot do Yibam to Shimon because Shimon's, Shimon's married to Reuven's wife's sister. So Levi does Yibam because he has to. Then then Shimon's wife dies. So now there's oh, both sisters. Uh, now that, now the, 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 he's no longer related to Reuven's widow. So Reuven's widow is now married with Levi. Shimon is no longer related to Reuven's widow because Shimon's wife died. So they're no longer sisters because the sister died. Then what happens? Then Levi dies. So now you have the you have the two women falling to uh, to, 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 to to Shimon. You have Reuven's widow, which was originally 
his wife's sister, but his wife died, and you have Levi's widow. So what's the halacha? Hareza asura lave lamis. One of the sisters is also forever, and I guess the co-wife is exempt. Hoyel v'nesel of shachas. Meaning, because Ruvain's widow, which was one of the sisters, could not do yibam the first time she fell to Shimon, she's forever out. Meaning, at that moment when she fell to Shimon the first time, there was Shimon and, and Levi, and she looked at Shimon and said, "Can I do yibam?" And Shimon's like, "No, you're my wife's sister. Forever, she is a woman. She's in aishas ach mitzvah." Meaning, at that moment, she became a psak. That is your sister-in-law that you couldn't do yibam also forever. I don't care that subsequently his wife died, so she's eligible. Doesn't matter. What if there was no yibam? It was just the case of someone's wife dies, but he married the wife's sister in that case. If his wife dies, then he could. Yeah, but, but the yibam here now is special. Correct, correct. Because because you have to realize with yibam, every yibam oh. is your sister-in-law. Yeah. Every yibam is really usher. It's just the Torah allows it. Yeah. But says the Gemara, if the first time he fell to yibam, she was ineligible, then she's forever ineligible. It's not like other relationships right. where it could become better. This can never become better. Right. And that's the point of the Mishnah. That because when Reuven died, Shimon could not do Yibam, that's why Levi had to take her in, then I don't care that Shimon's wife died and Levi died. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what will happen after this. Us are forever. Okay. So the Gemara says, Amr, Yudam, Rav. Rav Yudam, Rav says, Kol Yivam, Sheyna, Nikari, Babashas, Nefili, Yivam, Rav Yudam Rav says this din, basically, that any woman who, when she falls to Yibam, if you can't marry her, also forever. And that's exactly what happened this time. When Ruven dies, Shimon couldn't take her in. So, from, for her to Shimon, also forever. So the Gemara says, <coughs> My Kamash Malan, what's the Chiddush of Rav? Tanina, isn't that basically what our Mishnah says? Nikash is like this. Rav Yudam Rav said the statement. He's basically saying what our Mishnah said. Our Mishnah basically said that. So what did Rav Yudam Rav come to add? Like, oh, if it's also, it's also forever. Yeah, that's, that's the Mishnah. So it says the Gemara, Here's the Chiddush. What happens, I'll give you two cases, okay? Reuven dies, and again, Reuven's wife is Shimon's wife's sister. So Shimon can't take her in. So she goes to Levi. That's posh it that it's going to be a problem forever. What if, here's what happens. Reuven's wife dies, Reuven dies Sunday morning. Okay? So she goes to Shimon Sunday night, say, Can we do Yibam? He's like, I'm sorry, I can't. I'm married to your sister. But before she does Yibam to Levi, Sunday night, Shimon's wife dies. Oh, so that's the Chiddush of Rav Yudah Meaning Rav Yudah is adding, it's usher even if it's not like she got married to someone else. I mean, the case of our mission is pretty posh. When Reuven dies, Shimon couldn't marry her, and then she married Levi. So she completely like moved on. That's the Chiddush of our Mishnah. Rav Yudah Marav is adding an added Chiddush. What if when Reuven dies, before she did Yibam to Levi, like two days later, because Levi was out of town. Levi's coming back in a week. So there's one week where he's waiting for Levi. Again, Shimon can't marry her because Shimon's married to her sister. Then all of a sudden, Shimon's, sister dies, Shimon's wife dies. So now... He's like, oh, I maybe couldn't marry you, and it's not like you got married. The answer is no. Rav Yudam Rav says, if there's a moment, the moment that Reuven dies, if you couldn't marry her, you're also for out. You're, you're out forever. That, that's the point. Meaning, our mission is talking about a case where she actually married Levi. But the Chiddush of Rav Yudam Rav is, even if she didn't end up marrying Levi, that before she did even with Levi, Shimon's wife dies. So now he's like, I'm not, you're not my wife's sister anymore because my wife died. Still, it's out. That's the Rav Yudam Rav's added Chiddush. Because we all go by the moment of death. The moment of death, can, when Reuven died, 
Can Shimon marry her? If the answer is yes, then good. If not, also forever. I don't care. It doesn't matter how long. It doesn't. That, that, that's the point. That's what the Rav's adding. Okay. The Gemara says, Hanami Tanina. That's also a Mishnah. That's also, you don't need Ravid Marav. Why? It's a Shnei Achin, Nesun Shechais. Two brothers married two sisters. Reuben Shem married to Rachaleah. Meisach Mehen. One of the brothers died. Viachach Meisach Shashani. Mamish's case. So you have Reuben and Shimon. Forget about three brothers. Reuben and Shimon. Married to two sisters. Reuben dies. So could Shimon marry? Can Shimon do Yibum? No. It's his wife's sister. Then Shimon's wife dies. It's Mamish's case of Ravid Marav. And what does the Mishnah say? It's Aser. So you see that it's not a matter of... So what is Ravina Marav adding? Meaning our mission is talking about a case where she actually married Levi. That's awesome. This mission says even if she didn't marry Levi, but at the moment the moment that she died, the moment that Reuben dies, Shimon couldn't marry her. I don't care what happens afterwards. So what is Ravina Marav adding? The Gemara says, The Chiddush Ravina Marav is mouth to say, you know what the chiddush is? The chiddush of this of, of this is, in our case, you, you're right. That Mishnah teaches you that if you fall to Yibam and you're also for a moment, you're also forever. That's true. The chiddush of Ravina Marav is that Reuven fell. Reuven died. Right? Shimon couldn't take her in. And then, right? And then before before Levi takes her in, Shimon um, Shimon uh, 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 Shimon's wife dies. So we said doesn't matter. So she marries Levi. And then Levi dies. Shimon can never take her in. You want to know that's, why that's a chiddush? Because A, you have the fact that before Levi took her in, Shimon's wife had already died. And B, she married Levi. So you could like look at it as like restart the clock. Meaning the chiddush of Ravida Marav is that not only do you go by the moment of death, that even if Levi subsequently marries her, and when Levi married her, Shimon's wife had already died. So you could look at it as like, at that moment Shimon's eligible, and Levi married her, so like it should kind of restart the clock. Kamash will no. If there was a moment of time when Yivam happened, where Shimon couldn't marry her, she's also forever. It doesn't matter what happens afterwards. She can marry Levi, not marry Levi, restart her life. It doesn't matter. And it's going to be a problem. That's what Yivam Rab's adding. And all of this, again, it's subtleties, but it's leading up to this. Okay, now here's the hard part. From here into the next mission is the only part that's a little bit difficult, and it's important that we get the cases straight. And then we'll be all right. Okay. The Mishnah says like this. Three brothers. Reuben, Shem, and Levi. Two of them are married to two sisters. And Levi is married to a random woman. Fine. Same cases. Okay. Shimon divorces his wife. Okay. Shimon divorces his wife. So now one of the sisters is divorced. Shimon divorces his wife. And then Levi dies childless. And then Shimon does Yibum. Okay? So Reuben, Shimon, and Levi. Reuben, Shimon, married to two sisters. Shimon divorces the sister. Get out of here. She's gone. Now there's no more sisters. Levi dies. Shimon takes her in. Let's say her name is Billa. Billa and one of the sisters were never married together, were never co wives. By the time she was taken in, by the time of death, the sister was gone. So what's the halacha? So now, when Shimon dies, Reuben could do Yibam on Levi's widow. Why? Because she's not, a, well, isn't she a co-wife of a sister? Nope. Because there is zero connection between um, Levi's widow and the sister. Zero. Zero, zero. 
Now here's the point that I want to make, okay? There. Um, I have a question. Why do we have to wait till Shimon dies? Yeah, it's a good point. So, okay. What do you mean? What do you mean? Why do you have to wait till Shimon dies? Um, Levi died, right? Yeah. And his wife has no connection to the other sisters. Correct. So either one of those brothers could do evil. Correct. It just happened to be so that she did even with Shimon. When was They're just trying to replicate the... Oh, she did even before Shimon died. Yeah, so okay, so you have the two sisters. They get divorced. Then he dies. She goes there, but she's out of the picture at that point. Shimon dies. Then Reuben can take her in. That's the basic premise of the mission. There are three scenarios, and this is, I just want to make it clear, okay? That case where Shimon divorces before anything happens is for sure okay. If Shimon divorces first, yeah. it, it's for sure fine. Check. Now, there's three cases. Let's go to the most extreme case. Yes. Or Reuben can marry Levi's wife, depending on who dies. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That case is for sure fine. Then there's the most extreme case, which is, let's say instead of divorcing, let's say Shimon, um, Levi dies first. Levi dies first. Okay? Levi dies first. So Shimon now has two wives. So Shimon has two wives, right? Then divorces. Then divorces and then dies. The halacha would be, what would the halacha be in that case? Meaning, let's say, Instead of Shimon divorcing before she gets in the picture, let's say Levi dies, Shimon takes her in, then divorces his wife, and then Shimon dies. What's the halacha? So, the halacha is from the first Mishnah. The first Mishnah seems to say it's mutter. The first Mishnah seems to say it's mutter because by the time Shimon dies, I don't care that they were co-wives at one point. By the time Shimon dies... Reuben can now marry Levi's widow, who was also Shimon's widow, because by the time... That's the first Mishnah's indication. Our Mishnah seems to indicate not like that. And we had a contradiction in Daf Yud Beis. And in Yud Beis, we had two answers. Either um, it's a machlokis Mishnayis, that our first Mishnah says this is good, this Mishnah says no good, or Rava says, really, it's all good, and our Mishnah was just leading up to it. Then there's the middle case, which is... This is where Shimon divorces, then Levi dies. But we also had a case where Levi dies, then Shimon divorces. What if Shimon, div- uh, what if Levi dies before Shimon does Yibam? He divorces. So what did he have? He had Zika. Again, th- th- that's the three cases you could have between. The question is, what is the connection between this random woman and the sister? You could have that there's zero connection, meaning divorced before anything takes place, or you could have that they were co-wives then divorce, so there was a moment of co-wife, or you could have Zika. Those are the three scenarios. The first one is for sure good. The last one we know about, it's either a machlokis mishnayis or all good, um, and the middle case is the machlokis of Zika. Okay, that was the scary part. That wasn't too bad. The Zika would apply to Shimon's you're right, yeah, 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 conceptually, yes, yes. Just so, I'm, just so I'm keeping track, there's two scenarios you're talking about where 
it's either they divorce before or after Levi dies. There's also a third scenario, which is that they were actually co-wives for a little bit, then divorced, then Shimon dies. By the time Shimon dies, they're definitely divorced. The question is, when did the divorce take place? The worst case is where they were actually co-wives, then Shimon divorces, then Shimon dies. So there was a moment where she was actually co-wife with the sister. Not when Shimon died, but there was a moment of co-wife. That's the most complicated case. The best case is where he divorces before anything happens, which is our Mishnah. That's for sure fine. And then the middle case, which is Levi dies, then he divorces, but there was a moment of Zika connection between that sister and the random woman. And the question is, is Zika enough? That's what's happening here. Okay. So if you remember the beginning of the Amid, the beginning of the Amid, Andaf Lamid, um, we had the Mishnah with Mimer, and it said that we had the sisters, and you did mimer with one of the sisters, that created a connection. And we said, the reason why there's a connection between the two wives is because you did mimer. Had you not done mimer, and there was just zika, it would be nothing. So you see, the author of our Mishnahis feels zika is nothing. That was said by Rabbi Nachman. Okay, it's important to remember that. Let's start the Gemara. The Gemara says, Taima de girish girish asura. The Mishnah, when it says mutter, it was talking about the first case, which is the most obvious. So the Gemara understands every other case is a problem. So let's go to the second case. The second case is where Levi dies. So there's a Zika connection between Levi's wife and, and Shimon's wife, and Shimon. By the way, Zika connection to both, but let's say there's a Zika connection to Shimon. Then Shimon divorces. So there was a moment of Zika. Is that a problem? So the implication is, yes, it's a problem, because the Mishnah says the only thing that's mutter is the first case. It implies every other case is a problem. So you see that Zika is an issue. So there's a contradiction. The first Mishnah on our daf said Zika is nothing. This Mishnah is saying Zika is a problem. Okay. So the Gemara says, The reason why it's mutter is because you divorced... Then Levi dies, so there is zero connection between Levi's widow and Shimon's first wife, the sister. But but if Levi died, creating a Zika connection between his widow and Shimon, and Shimon's wife, which is a sister, so there's a Zika connection between the sister and Levi's widow. Asura, it will be a problem. Meaning, and then when Shimon dies, Reuben cannot do Yibam because Levi is a Zika connection. I mean, even if divorce happens later, there is a Zika connection between the sister. So it's Zika's achos isha, whatever that would be the lashon. You see, that would be a problem. So what do you see? You see, Ravashi says you see that Zika is strong even to two brothers. So you have the first Mishnah, which Rabbi Nachman says teaches you Zika is nothing. This Mishnah teaches you Zika is everything. So how do we reconcile? So this says the Gemara. So you have a machlokus between Ravashi and Rabbi Nachman how to understand these Mishnayis. Rabbi Nachman understood the first Mishnah as saying Zika is nothing, so he's going to have to reconcile this Mishnah. Ravashi understands this Mishnah as being Zika is everything, so he'll have to reconcile the first Mishnah. So let's go through it. How does Ravashi deal with the first Mishnah on our Omid, which said, if you remember, it was, it was a man, um, two brothers married two sisters, and a third is single. Uh, th- whatever, third was married to a random woman, and then the one of the sister's husbands dies, so the sister goes to Levi, goes to the random person, and he did mimer. So the, and, then, and then dies, so the question is, can Shimon do Yivam? So he said, well, he can't do Yivam with the sister, it's his sister-in-law, but um, it's his wife's sister, but the, the mimer creates a chalitza with the other one. The Gemara says, the implication is that he had to do mimer. Let's say he didn't do mimer, and all he just did zika, that would be nothing. 
But now we're saying Zika is everything. So which one is it? So the Gemara says, you know, says really, Zika is everything. So why in the first Mishnah did you have to say Mimer? You didn't even have to say Mimer. Tell me a bigger Chiddush. The guy dies, there's Zika, that's enough to create Chalitza. The answer is, you're right. Zika is enough to create chalitza. So why do you have to pick Mimer? The point is to show that Bishama is wrong. Because according to Bishama, if you did Mimer, full marriage. And then the co-wife would be completely exempt. The Chiddush of the Mishnah is, we follow Beis Hillel that Mimer is only a rabbinic, a, a rabbinic. But the truth is, even without Mimer, because of Zika, you would actually only be able to do chalitza. That's how Rav Ashi looks at it, because Rav Ashi believes in Zika. Correct. Now, what does Rabbi Nachman do? Rabbi Nachman doesn't believe in Zika. So, according to him, the first two cases are fine. Right? Again, the first case is for sure fine. Third case is debatable. The question is, what about the second? So, if you believe in Zika, second's a problem. If you don't believe in Zika, second case is fine. Rabbi Nachman doesn't believe in Zika. So, he would say, both cases are fine. Okay. So, the Gemara says, Rabbi Nachman kasha de so what Rabbi Nachman is going to tell you, I don't believe in Zika. So in the first case, where he divorced before Levi dies, for sure fine. In the second case, where Levi dies, and then Shimon divorces before anything happens, so there was a Zika, also fine, because he doesn't believe in Zika. So what's the problem? I mean, the Mishnah says Zuhi. The Mishnah implies this is Mutter as opposed to. And again, the Mishnah just dealt with the first case. There are two other cases. So, if you believe that the last two cases are a problem, so the Mishnah is saying, this is mutter as opposed to the last two cases. According to Rabbi Nachman, the first two cases are fine. So what's zuhi, lemute, meaning, so these two cases are allowed as opposed to the last case. The last case being, where Levi dies, Shimon does yibum, and the random woman and the sisters are actually co-wives for a little bit, then the divorce takes place, that would be a problem. Because again, there are three cases. One of them is going to be a problem, because the Mishnah says, Zuhi lumute, like Zuhi. So the first case is fine. According to Rabbi Nachman, the second case is also fine, because Zika is also fine. So what's a problem? The last case. Okay, fair. If you remember, Adaf Yud whether the last case is a problem is a machloikis, Rav Yirmiya and Rav. Which would mean, according to Rav Yirmiya, the last case is a problem. That works out well. According to Rava, the last case is also okay. Which means, according to Rava, all three cases would be, a, would be fine, which is a problem. So what you have to say is that Rava does not believe in Rabbi Nachman. Meaning, again, according to Ravashi, if you believe in Zika, the second case is a problem. Straight up. It's Zika is a problem. But we said Rabbi Nachman believes Zika is nothing. So the first two cases are fine. So what's the problem? The last case. According to Rava, the last case is also fine. So Rava obviously doesn't believe in Rabbi Nachman. That's what you'd have to say, that Rava believes that Zika is an issue, so the second case would be a problem. That's what you'd have to say. So the Gemara, let's see it inside. The Gemara says, that's what I was afraid of. But that's not, that's not it's, it's, yeah. So the Gemara says like this, So what would Rabbi Nachman say is a problem? The last case, which is that Shimon actually brings in Levi's widow, and there was a moment of time where the sister and Levi's widow were actually co-wives. Then she got divorced, then Shimon dies. So 
This works out according to Rabbi Yirmiya. As we said in Dafyud Beis, Rabbi Yirmiya believes the last case is a machlekes mishnayis. This mishnayis feels it's a problem. The first mishnah feels it's okay. Then it makes sense. Ela isavr la kirava, but if you hold like rava, the omar la oilam chatanahu vezuvein sarach lemezukatani. But according to Rava, he believes the last case is mutter according to all the Tanoim. So what is it comparable to? What, so what's a problem? It must be that Rav Nachman follows Rav Yirmiya. So what does Rava hold as a problem? Again, according to Rava, the last case is an issue. Uh, the last case is fine. So what's the only... We know that there's one case which is a problem. There has to be some case which is a problem because there's Zuhi that it's Mutter. So we first have thought the first case is Mutter. Maybe the other cases are a problem. He says, no, if you hold like Rabbi Nachman, there's no Zika, the second case is also fine. Okay, the third case is a problem. According to Rava, the third case is also fine. So what's the only case that's an issue according to Rava? Rava believes in Zika. It's Mace B'lai Girish. The case is where Levi dies... And then Shimon doesn't do a divorce at all. Then Shimon dies. So because there was a moment where there was Zika, that's enough to be a problem. That's what Rava has to say. Okay. If you believe in Zika, then that's the only case that could be a problem. Mace Belegirish, which is just uh, a lady dies, and then there's a Zika connection, and then Shimon dies without doing divorce. So Rava, not only could he not take in Shimon's wife, obviously she's a sister, he also, Reuben will also not take in Levi because there was a Zika to a sister. And that's, Rava believes in Zika. That's the only scenario, according to Rava, that's a problem because he believes the other three cases are fine. Okay. All right. Manageable. All right. The next Mishnah is a lot easier. Okay, so let's run through the next Mishnah. The next Mishnah says like this. The Mishnah says... The Kulan. Okay, so we had in the first Mishnah that there are Rayas, Ervas, that exempt the co-wife. And we've talked about you know, all the different scenarios. Here's the question. What if the Erva is a Suffolk, whether she's a wife? Meaning, he did a Suffolk Kedushan. Uh, the Gemara is going to explain, uh, the Mishnah will explain, Suffolk Kedushan is, um, again, he's married to a random person. Who's the Erva? The Erva is the daughter. right? If he's married to both, and then he dies, both will be exempt. One being the daughter and one being the co-wife. What if we're not sure whether he was married to the daughter? Meaning, he threw her Kedushin in Tadarev and Lee, and they were standing six feet apart. So the halacha is, if he threw it to her, meaning, if it went within her three feet, then it's Kedushin. If it's outside of her three feet, closer to him, it's not Kedushin. It's a halacha, it's a Kedushin. What if we don't know? Meaning, it's a Suffolk Kedushin. So, is, so there's the wife, for sure, and she's either the co-wife of the Erva or not. We just don't know if the Erva was actually married to her. It's a Suffolk Kedushan. Like a Shiloh came up at the marriage, you're not sure if it's Kedushan or not. So, says the Mishnah. Kulan, Shayu ben Kedushan, a Gerishan misafik. If all the Ervas either had Suffolk Kedushan or Suffolk Gerishan, so we don't know whether they're married or we don't know whether they're divorced. Hare lo tzaras chaletzas v'loimis yabamais v'tzaras duchalitza. V'tzaras duchalitza. So if you're not sure whether the Erva is married, either because it's a Suffolk Kedushin, or they were married, but you're not sure whether they got divorced, the Allah is the co-wife, they can't go free because they might be the co-wife of an Erva Manapi. They also can't do Yim because they might be the co-wife of an Erva Manapi. So they do Chalitza. Now what's an example of Suffolk Kedushin? Kate's a Suffolk Kedushin. Zara la Kedushin, he threw money at her. 
Safik Karavloi, Safik Karavloi. We're not sure whether it landed closer to him or closer to her. If it landed closer to him, it's not a Kedushan. If it landed closer to her, it's Kedushan. We're not sure. It's a Safik Kedushan. What's Safik Gerishan? Now, Safik Gerishan, you would say, is the same case. You threw a get to her. You're not sure whether it's close to her or close to him. No. Safik Gerishan is Kasav B'Ksav Yad of Edom. Safik Gerishan is actually where there are good Gerishans, Midaraisa, but Chazal didn't like it. What are those examples? Kasav B'Ksav Yad of Edom. You wrote the get with his handwriting, but there's no witnesses. That's considered, according to many Tanoim, a biblically valid get, but it's rabbinically not a good get. So that's a biblical get, but not a rabbinic get. That's a Suffolk Gerishin. Or Yeshul Vedavan or you has witnesses, but it doesn't have a date recorded on it. Or there's one witness, so Suffolk Gerishin. So Suffolk Kedushin is where you threw it to her, you're not sure if it got to her or it got to him. Suffolk Gerishin is not that case. Suffolk Gerishin is where there's a problem with the document. So the Gemara wants to know. Now the Mishnah did not um, did not regard did not mention the case of Savigarishin being that you threw it to him and not sure if it got to her or not. Right? Why don't you just say that's the case of Savigarishin also? You threw the get to her, you're just not sure if it got to her or not. It must be that that's not considered a get at all. You're considered still married and the co-wife is completely exempt in such a situation. It's Dafka these cases which are valid get in midairaisa. That, but a rabbinically a problem that's considered Safagarishan. But if it's considered, but if you threw it to her, you're not sure whether it got to her or not, that is an invalid get completely. Why? The Gemara says, how come by Kedushin it's a Safa Kedushin, but by Gerishin that would not be Safa Gerishin? You want to know why? Because in this case, by Gerishin, you threw the get to her, right? To the erva, right? And there's the co wife. So if they're married, if they're if it's still a marriage, the co-wife gets to go home. She doesn't have to do yibum. She, she gets to go. If they're divorced, then she has to do yibum. So you threw it to you're not sure whether it got to her or not. So we said that's not a suffolk erishin. That, that that's nothing. You're still married. Why? Because she right now has a chazaka that she can. She's been a co-wife for ten years. She has a chazaka that she's free, right? Because being a co-wife of an ever means you're free. No chalitza, no yibum, you're free. Because you threw it to her, you want to you want to answer her. Mitzat Safik don't answer her. Let her go. It's dafka where it's a valid get deraisa, but invalid rabbinic that will say, oh, you're, you, you, maybe you're not so free. But if it's a a shaila, whether it's a get legamri, whether deraisa derabanan, you just don't know if it got to her. That's a Safik. We're not going to answer her by Safik, We're going to let her go. So the Gemara says, but wait a minute. By kedushin, the exact same case, right? You threw. You have the wife. And you you have the co-wife, whatever, and then you have this erva. You threw money to her. You're not sure whether it got to her or not. So you're not sure whether the co-wife is a co-wife or not. We're gonna say eh, it's a suffolk. So how come by gittin we'll say don't don't ask her by suffolk, but by kedushin we'll say uh, suffolk. It's a problem. Why? What's the difference? So the Gemara says I'm really ihachi kedushin ami name ishu b'zubach cheskas hadli yavam oimedes umisavik atabal ois altasan misavik. The Gemara says when in the case of gerushin, right? She's free. We don't want to stop her. Don't stop her. Let her go free. But by Kedushin, it should be the opposite, right? Kedushin, what, what is her status before the... I mean, basically, it's like this. I'm, I'm not being clear, but basically, it's like this. What was her situation before the Shaila arose? By Gittin, she was a for sure co-wife. They were married, two wives, one man for 10 years, happily or whatever. You threw the get to her. So right now, she's a co-wife. So she should go free because she's a co-wife of an Erva. You threw the get to her. It's a suffix. We're going to let her be the way she was. Go free. By Kedushin, what's the situation? 
Kedusha, there is no co-wife. It's just her and her husband. So what should she be before the Shiloh rose? She should do Yibam. You threw money at this erva, right? Because she's, she's, there's no erva, right? Before, you see, in the first case by Gittin, there's the erva and the co-wife, for sure. That's the way it's been for 10 years. So she should be to free. By you throwing the get, you're potentially severing the erva, removing the erva, allowing her to do yibam. Now, let her go free. But in the case of Kedushin, what's the situation? You have Reuven and, 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 and Rachel. Rachel's unrelated, no erva. They're married. When Reuven dies, she should do yibam. You threw money at this erva, potentially bringing her in, letting Rachel go free. Meaning, so before this situation arose, what should Rachel do? She should do Yibam. So Gemara says the same thing. She'll let her do Yibam. Meaning, we should always just keep it status quo before the Shiloh rose. So by Gerishin, that means she's free. By Kedushin, it means she should do Yibam. So the Gemara says, Hasim l'chumra. The answer is, you're right. But we'll be Machmer to not treat it as a valid Kedushin because to be machmer, so that she can't do yivam. So that we'll end with this kasha. The Gemara says, "Hi chomer also de kulahu zimnin de azlo mekadosh lo achayis kedushe vaday vei nami zimnin de asa achar mekadosh lo dida kedushe vaday vekiven de asla marlot sarli yivume omri de kame kedushin de basula kedushin." The Gemara just says like this: it's a, it's a stringency. Meaning, right now we're saying with kedushin, we're going to be machmer. We're going to treat it as a marriage to be machmer, and therefore she has to do chalitza. We're not going to let her do yivam because maybe it was a valid marriage. We're not sure, so we'll be machmer. The truth is, it's not just a chumr. Why? It's creating a kula as well. How so? We'll end with this. Zimnin da'azlo mekadosh l'achoy se'kedush evadeh. Okay, that's... Yeah. What if the person who threw... Let's say it's the erva, right? I threw the money to her. I'm not sure whether it's a good kedushin or not. So we're going to treat it machmer as a kedushin. We're being machmer, right? We're making the co-wife. We're saying machmer that you're related to nerva, machmer not. We're going to make you do chalitza. The problem is it's a chumr that could create a kula. How so? What if after this event, I go, and after throwing the, the kedushin to the Suffolk erva, I marry her sister? Now, let me ask you a question. If the marriage took place the first time, if it was a valid marriage, then the marriage to the sister is invalid. But if it's a Suffolk marriage, then the marriage to the sister is also Suffolk valid. So now she's not single. But people are going to think she's single. Meaning you're creating a Chumrah by treating her as a married woman. The problem is that creates a cool on the back end. Because then, if someone else goes, and mar- if I go and marry the sister, then I'm going to say like, well, I'm married to her. I can't be married to the sister also. Not realizing that we're just being machmer. I mean, the basically is, every time you're machmer on a marriage, you're creating a cool on the back end. The Gemara says, or very simple, you were Makadish and Isha Suffolk, and we're going to treat it as Machmer as a Kedushin. That creates a Kula. Why? What if someone else goes and gives the ring to her? That creates a Suffolk Kedushin. So the Gemara says, The answer is because you're making her co wife do Chalitza, everyone knows that it's a stringency. What I'm going to do is tomorrow, I'm going to review this last few minutes. We'll restart for the last few minutes tomorrow. Whoa.